Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome to the show, everybody. We have got a really, really, you know, I I say that all the time, but I really mean it. (laughs) We're going to have a really good time today. We're talking with a couple of people that that, uh, one is very near and dear to my heart and one I just met. So Kristen is with us, and she was with us to talk about the Great American Family a couple episodes ago. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that one we're talking, and that one we talk about her family and uh, and the, the the problems that go with uh, with the brand new American Family, which is uh, happened in the last you know fifteen years or so. So, but her name is Kristen, and she is with me on the line right now. Kristen, how are you? Good, Kevin. How are you? I'm dandy, thank you, and I'm so glad that you took the time to do this podcast with me, and you've got a very special friend of yours who is uh, working with you at the uh, Victim Support Services, which is the, which operates a crisis hotline, and I'll let you go ahead and introduce her to our audience. She is also very near and dear to my heart. Her name is Leslie, and she is the director, uh, one of the directors at Victim Support Services. And she is there 40-plus hours a week, plus any events that go on on the weekends. And is she knows everything, statistics and whatnot, about um, our crisis line and what we do. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's, it's awesome that you're here because we've got so much to talk about. Now, because this podcast is... Um, we put it up and it stays there for a very long time. I want to remind everybody that what has happened this weekend, and we may reference it during the course of the, of the, of the show. In El Paso, Texas, on Saturday morning, there was a mass shooting, and now 22 people have been killed in that mass shooting. And then that was followed 13 hours later by another shooting in Dayton, Ohio, and nine people were killed. Over 50 people were injured. So that's the kind of the backdrop of what we're going to talk about today, of what's going on in America and, and the crisis that we are all under. And this is a place that you can go to get help if you're feeling really, really badly. But let me ask you, um, uh, Leslie um, and Kristen both, first of all, Kristen is a volunteer Leslie, and, she, and she's a volunteer, and she's on call. So she's on call right now, and if she gets a call, she'll have to drop off the line. So uh, we understand that completely. But, Leslie, are you also on call, like, at night if Kristen doesn't pick up? Are, do you guys work, like, 24-7? <laughs> I am technically on call 24-7, 365, yes. Um, we always have two advocates on call to respond to calls that come through the hotline on the phone. And then we also have an advocate that manages all of our text messages because people can text that as well 24-7. But me personally, yes, I'm always on call to back that up. And not just to answer a call or respond to a text, but as you can imagine, we take difficult calls 
Um, and so sometimes a lot of the advocates may need some support, may need to debrief a call, um, they may have a question. And so I just want to be as supportive as I can. Um, we're all a team. We're all in this together, and it's tough work. So, um, yes, I'm there 24-7 not only for the clients but for all the staff and the amazing volunteers that take time out of their busy life to help people. I just want to say that as much bad news as we hear, as much dysfunction as there seems to be in our society, it just warms my heart that there are people like you that are out there 365 days a year, 24-7, that are out there to support people. That is, you're an amazing person. How did you get into this, and how, how, does, it, how does it work for you? Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. That means the world to me because um, it's not easy work, but, you know, it's very rewarding work helping people. So thank you for saying those kind words. Um, and I have to give a shout-out to Kristen, too. She is an amazing advocate and is always willing to take any shift and is just a huge help and does so much for victims of crime. So I just have to give an extra shout-out to her as well. Um, on that note, how did I get started with this? Well, I started as a volunteer myself. I had no clue that victim services or victim advocacy even existed. Um, a lot of people actually haven't heard that. We've been around 44 years, and there's still so many people that don't know that there is help out there. Um, so anyways, randomly one day, actually, my mother drove by the Office of Victim Support Services and said, hey, you may want to check this out. I have always liked helping people. I was interested in the criminal justice field. I had no clue it existed. I checked it out. I saw that they needed help on the 24-hour hotline, so I applied, and I was a volunteer for a year. And then a position opened up, a paid position opened up, and I applied for that, and I took that position. And so I have been a staff member now for five years. So I've been in the victim advocacy field for a little over six years now. What's it like? Oh, gosh. I could use so many words. Um, it's very unpredictable. We would like to predict things, but uh, you never know what you're going to get. You think you hear it all, and then you get another call or whatever that may be, and it's just something new. Um, all of us, you know, are very knowledgeable in this, but still, you could be in this field for 20 years, and you just get a call, and sometimes you're like, gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do for this person, but um, like I tell all of our advocates, you know, people just want to be heard and, um, you know, have their story heard and just have someone to talk and validate. So just listening and being that emotional support for someone is very important. And um, it's very rewarding. At times you can get, you know, angry. People can also call and they're angry at the situation and what has happened to them, which is completely understandable. Um, it's all kinds of mixed emotions, I think, for obviously both our clients that we serve and the advocates. So it's important to, you know, take care of ourselves and our mental health and, um, you know, focus on our boundaries. It's it's tough work. And like I said, you can wake up and plan and anticipate how your day is going to go. And you just never know what's going to be thrown at you or what you're going to hear about the news, what phone call you're going to get. Um, maybe there's a crisis we have to respond to. You you just never know what's going to happen. Well, that kind of makes it exciting and one and kind of uh, uh, fearful in, in another sense because you don't know what's going to happen. But it but every day right. is different. Now, 
Now, Kristen, I wanted I had a question for you, and that mm-hmm. is, you're an advocate, and have you taken calls that you need to decompress from and to get support for? Uh, that the call was kind of tough and horrific, and I know that's part of Leslie's job is to is to help you through that stuff. Has that personally mm-hmm. happened to you? I've taken calls before that we have monthly meetings that I've brought up at monthly meetings and kind of gotten feedback on. The one in particular, Leslie will know who I'm talking about, is I got a call, I guess it was three in the morning, and I didn't want to wake my husband up, so I went into our walk-in closet and took the call, and I'm sitting in the dark listening to this caller, and I realized after about 20 minutes that I was talking to somebody that had multiple personalities and it my it actually it frightened me it it was fascinating to me but initially I jumped when he changed personalities the first time and I I was shocked and then he was in you know went into another personality so I remember that morning I you know after that call the call lasted a while and then the call dropped trying to get back in touch. So we talked for another maybe 15 minutes. I couldn't go back to sleep because I was thinking about it. I was not going to call Leslie at four in the morning, but I brought it up at our staff meeting. And um, he's a he is a frequent caller. So it's helpful mm-hmm. to other, you know, volunteers that maybe haven't taken that call from him before to know, you know, that this is something that might happen or just, to be prepared for. So in your business, like you have regulars too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We sure do. For sure. Mm-hmm. Now are these people that they just have no one else to turn to and they're just looking for a friendly voice? Um, it can be a variety. A lot of times people do have a great support system at home, but they just feel bad talking to people or they feel like they're negative or they feel like people won't <clears throat> understand. Or maybe, you know, there's other loved ones of theirs that are also grieving the loss of someone or whatever it may be. Um, a lot of times people just, they do feel bad always utilizing their support network. So, um, and then, yeah, like you said, a lot of times people don't have anyone to talk to or it's 2 a.m. And they see that mm-hmm. we are there 24 hours to provide that support. So, um, yeah, a lot of times when we get the calls in the middle of the night, typically it's someone that just truly needs that emotional support or validation. Sometimes there's a, you know, resource we can refer them to, but a lot of times, yes, they just, they just need to be heard. Now let's, we're going to put the, the, your numbers out quite a little bit during the course of this podcast so that people can write them down so that if they know somebody that has an issue that they've got the number already. Well, so what number can, what number is the crisis hotline? Yeah, our number is one. 1- 888-288-9221. Say that again. 1-888-288-9221. Just in case I need your, your services, I wrote it down for me. Because <laughs> you course. just... You never know. You just... I, hope I you know. Well, like we were talking about before the podcast, I lost my my beloved dog of fourteen years on Friday. So, so there was a moment there when I need when. But fortunately, I've got a wonderful support system. So, um, and but there are a lot of people who don't. 
A lot of people feel alone. A lot of people are suicidal and they don't know where to turn. What motivates somebody to call you if they're suicidal and rather than just doing the act, they call you because they want an audience? Why, why would they call you? It's always a good sign when someone calls us because mm-hmm. they're reaching out for help, right? So mm-hmm. whenever they call us, that is a huge relief to us. Like, okay, so they're not just going out there to commit the act. Maybe they have a means. Maybe they have a plan. Maybe they thought about it, but they are calling us. And so that is huge, and that gives us that hope that, okay, I know I can talk with this person. I can stabilize the call, the situation, um, help them to at least get them through the night. And then, you know, get them connected with that proper resource the next day for follow-up. So it's always a good thing when we get someone that is thinking about completing suicide to call us. That's, that's a great sign for us. And these, calls, and these calls that you take, they're, they're anonymous. So you don't ever, as an example, if you, if you had a caller that said, I hate this particular group of people and I've got my gun and I'm going to go shoot them, would you report that to the police, or how do you, how do you guys handle that if that ever comes up? Yes, we definitely would have to report that. Certainly, all calls are confidential, um, but certainly if someone is threatening suicide or is homicidal, you know, um, we definitely have to report that. And we have gotten calls. I've personally gotten a call where someone was saying they were at a specific convention center with a gun in hand and ready to shoot people up, and so um, I had to hang up and call 911, um, and it turned out that jurisdiction was very familiar with this person, had prior run-ins with them. So, yeah, things like that, we definitely um, need to report that and get as much information as possible. And a lot of times we'll tell them that. Um, Like I said, another time we had someone call and admit they had committed homicide, and we tell them, you know, it's confidential, but we are mandated reporters. Um, Certainly we don't always say that in the conversation, but if sensitive information starts to come up and they're at risk of harming themselves or others, then definitely we we have to say, look, we have to do this or, you know, get as much information we can. Sometimes they may hang up, but we'll still do our best to say, hey, you know, call authorities and say this is just what happened here. Um, we definitely at least try to do our part. How did that conversation go with the guy who said that he had committed a homicide? Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, that that's always interesting. It was actually a coworker um of mine that took that call and so they actually it was actually a woman that admitted to this and was very ended up being helpful, gave her information and um when the advocate my coworker ended up calling and reporting it and um I we never heard what happened after that. Sometimes that happens when you work on a crisis hotline. If it's not a direct referral to one of our advocates to help them for follow-up, sometimes you don't know what's going to happen with this person. You never hear the aftermath. So I'm not really sure, but she gave us her information, and we were able to pass that on to law enforcement. So that's that's all we know. But, yeah, you just never know what you're going to get. It's kind of like a box of chocolates. Oh, I couldn't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Because you just never know what you're going to get. So. Um, when you're talking with these these folks, do most of them appear to be rational, or do you have a lot of? Are there? You get to see. Okay, I'm a bus driver. I don't know if you know that, Leslie, but in my day job, I'm a bus driver, so I get to see all kinds of interesting people that have got all kinds oh, of mental health problems and and drug addiction problems and that sort of thing. So, 
do you guys get the same kind of people? And how do you keep the oh, negative yeah. energy? How do you keep the negative energy away from yourselves and away from the, your lives? Because that can be overwhelming, I would think. Um, oh, yeah, it can be overwhelming. And certainly this work isn't for everyone. Me personally, I laugh a lot. I use a lot of dark humor. People would probably hear some of my conversations and be like, oh, my gosh, this girl. But um, you have to because, you know, you're going to get all kinds of calls. You're going to deal with all kinds of people. And I can get another call from someone else. And I need to be able to help that client. Um, and focus on them. So for me personally, it's just a lot of laughter, honestly. Oh, that's awesome. And you don't take it personally. Probably too. Yeah, you can't take I, it personally. You can't. And I feel like I get a lot of those calls. <laughs> it's my night oh, call. Does. She used to think, Kristen would think that I would prank her. Like, with these I calls. did. It's like, you know. <laughs> I did one I night. Mean, I said, did you, really? Did you prank me last night? Really? That was funny. You can't make this like, stuff no, up. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so can't, it, I mean, yeah, you just laugh. And by the way, we're talking with Kristen and Leslie, and they're from the Victim Support Services, and they do have a website. So go to www.victimsupportservices.org, and the number that you can call if you have a crisis. And I don't think you guys have a uh, uh, criteria for a crisis. Anything can qualify as a crisis, right? I mean, technically, yes, anything can qualify for a crisis. Technically, our agency specifically serves victims of crime. But with that said, we do get all kinds of calls. Um, and so definitely we will do our best to stabilize the call, provide emotional support, whatever that mm -hmm. may be for that person, and then make a referral to the proper agency that will be able to help them depending on their needs. And their number again is 888-288-9221. You know, yeah. Kristen and I, the last time that we talked, we were going to, we were going to get into some victim advocacy. And the problem that we have with, cause it, as Kristen so aptly said, it's a criminal justice system. So we are focused on the criminal. And a lot of times the forgotten mm -hmm. person is the victim. Would you like to expand okay. upon that, Kristen? Well, it's true. I mean, because my day job is, is working for the county prosecutor. So I'm in court quite a bit and and I work in the courtroom and in the courtroom it's about the 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 um the offender and you know how much time are they going to do? How much restitution are they going to pay? And then after they do their time, are they paying their legal financial obligations? And there's no no sense of who the victim is anymore and it's that always bothers me because the victim is still the reason why they're they're being held responsible there is a victim someone did not ask to be a victim of a crime whether it be identity theft or burglary or a loved one was killed they didn't nobody asked for that and they often are forgotten you know the state mm -hmm. prosecutes these people on behalf of the state and then the um, the defendant has an attorney. So really, without advocate, there is no voice for them. And it's why it's so important to have advocacy and for advocates to be that for victims during the trial and the criminal process and and long after. 
you know, I was doing some um, um, research on the shootings over the weekend, one in El Paso and one in Dayton, Ohio. And um, did you guys know that there have been, in mass shootings in this country, first of all, there have been 251 in the last 215 days. That's more than one a day. And that to be a, a mass uh, um, event, it has to be uh, four people or more involved. Uh, and in the last uh, um, little while, over 500 people have died. 2,000 people have been wounded. But not only that, but everybody that was at that Walmart, and there were 1,000 to 3,000 people at that Walmart, and every one of them, I, it has been affected. I, I'll tell you a, just a real quick story of how I know that that's the case. I uh, went into suicide on July 4th um, many years ago, and it has affected how I view that date for the rest of my life. Um, and and so you guys are the 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 folks that are there for the victim. To, if they have, if they want to, how do you handle that? How do you work with those people? Yeah, there's all kinds of victims involved. And, you know, I like how you brought up, you know, the amount of people that are affected by this. It's not just the direct victims, the witnesses, the loved ones of the people that were there, the first responders. I mean, there's so many secondary victims, the people that work out Walmart. I mean, it just goes beyond. And so that's the great thing about our agency, how we can help anyone regardless. They don't have to be a direct victim of crime. So I just um, like to mention that and how important that is. And yeah, how many triggers these people are going to have moving forward, just like what you said with, you know, the 4th of July and stuff like that. I mean, their lives have forever changed, forever changed. And it's so recent that um, we haven't got any calls on it yet that I'm aware of, but usually, you know, within the next week or so, we start getting more calls. And not only from people that were involved in these recent shootings, but also other shootings in the nation because, of course, that triggers people once they hear mm -hmm. about another mass shooting, you know. So it's just this domino effect. And um, and our agency, we've responded to three mass shootings ourselves. And so we have clients that we still work with where these types of things will trigger them again. Um, and it's just happening all too often. And so we get new calls and then it's more of, you know, working with our same clients to help um, them cope and, you know, remind them of those tools that help them cope. And it's just crazy. I mean, everyone deserves help. And that's why I'm glad, you know, an agency like ours is around because if, you know, there is an arrest made that goes through the criminal justice process, there are, you know, advocates in the prosecutor's office, which is amazing um, but typically they can only work with the direct victim and, you know, none of these other people. So that's why it's important that there's community-based agencies like ourselves and mm -hmm. other similar nonprofits that can help um, these secondary victims and even people just living in the community. I mean, and it, it affects so many people. So um, it's important that people know that there's help out there. Even to the point of people in El Paso and, and in Dayton, they were going out in Dayton. They were going out for a good time. They were going to have a Saturday night with friends and, and have fun. And, and none of them, not one of them, thought, mm -hmm. I'm sure, gee whiz, I hope I don't get shot tonight. Or down in, in, El, 
El Paso. They were they were shopping for school supplies for the for the new school year coming up. Now, I'm sure none of them thought they will now, but they didn't at the time think that. Oh boy, uh, I'm not sure it's safe to go there. How how would you guys? Because you guys deal with this stuff all the time. How would you mm-hmm. suggest we? as individuals learn to cope with this crap that's going on? Gosh, that that's a tough one. That's a, that's a good question because that's hard. Um, let me think about that. Sorry, that's overwhelming. Um, yeah, it starts obviously at home and with your family. I think it's definitely important. To, I mean, unfortunately, it's it's the reality that we're living in now. It's a scary reality, and, you know, so many times people don't like to talk about it, and it's completely understandable, but really, I don't, we don't have a choice. We we have to talk about it um, and figure out what we can do to help. I wish, I wish our agency could help more with prevention. We can't, unfortunately, due to funding. We can only help with the aftermath, which is kind of crappy, um, but... So we do our best to get creative with, like, what can we do to help? And it's just a tough one. I'm honestly still trying to figure out what is the right answer or what would be the first thing to do. And even actually me and I'm partnering with someone at a a law enforcement agency are talking about starting a mass violence task force to create, like, a protocol for something like this. Because, like I said, DSS, we have responded to three of them. um, And, unfortunately, we're kind of known as the experts in this, but we don't have – a protocol per se set in place because it's not, you know, if this happens again, it's when will this happen again? And it's just scary to think that and mm-hmm. it's very overwhelming. And I, Kristen, honestly, maybe you can add to that because I don't know what would be the main pinpoint of. I don't know. That's, that is a tough question, Kevin. I I don't know either. I know for myself because I'm, because I work in the environment I'm always very aware of my surroundings and I'm always very mm-hmm. aware where the exits are, where there's windows. In my phone, I have emergency contact listed. So if for whatever reason I was separated from my phone, um, my friends and I at work joke that we need to come up with a if I go missing kit and put our, <laughs> you know, like oh our fingerprints and our teeth and stuff in there. <laughs> Little little hair, little hair. <laughs> we joke about it, but <laughs> no, right? But um, I don't think it. Sorry, <laughs> I probably don't need to go to that extreme. But um, but I tell my kids, you know, pay attention to your surroundings and um, know where you are. You know, know, and especially Jordan, who we've spoken about, who's in New York City. Know your locations. Know if you're on the corner of a street, what street corner you're on. Um, know which way is north, south, east, west. Just just those basic things. I mean, in all honesty, Kevin, if you're in the middle of a crisis and something goes wrong, usually all common sense just leaves. And you just respond with that fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. But um, so you can, I mean, you can, whatever it takes to prepare yourself in in theory, I think it's fantastic, but I don't know how often you would go into that. Oh, I'm supposed to do this now, so it's not, yeah. that's tough. I don't know if either it is of tough. you. And I hear so many. Well, go ahead. I was just gonna say I hear so many 
you know, there's all kinds of trainings on what to do, you know, in an active shooter. Mm -hmm. And I hear difference of opinions a lot, too. So it's like, gosh, Mm -hmm. you know, at first you would hear some, you know, stay where you are. um, And then you also hear run and just run for your life and run like in zigzags all crazy around. Don't, you know, just so if someone's Mm -hmm. shooting at you, it'd be harder to miss. I mean, I hear all kinds of different things. So it's hard to say, but yes, Kristen, I'm glad you brought all those things up about the situational awareness, know where your exits are. I mean, being in this field, I don't want to say that I'm paranoid. Maybe I am a little bit, honestly, probably because you hear about all this dark stuff more often, but it's like, yeah, you just think about these things and we're prepared. Like, okay, if you go out to eat mm-hmm. at a restaurant, you might think about what booth you want to sit in. Where's the nearest exit? How can I get out? you know, the closest door, all of those types of things. It's sad that we have to think about it, but um, that's... Or if there is only one exit. If there's only one way in, one way out, I look at that and I'm like, oh, we're screwed. We're screwed. Yeah, Yeah, even even (laughs) how I organize and place my furniture at work in my office, you think about that. Or if Mm -hmm. someone were to come in, is there a cabinet that I'm able to move and close my door to protect myself if that's what the right answer is then? Or maybe it's run. I don't know. Just, I don't yeah, know if either of you saw it. this this year in back to school supplies. There are bulletproof backpacks for sale for one hundred and seventy five dollars now. Wow. Oh my God, you're kidding wow. me! Really? I didn't hear about that? It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Wow. Well, and if I could make it just a uh, um, editorial comment real quick, and and that's because it's you know my show. But um, in the Dayton, Ohio shooting. You know, for those for those of us who say, you know, the answer to this is more guns, I would suggest the following. The Dayton shooter was brought down within a minute of when he started shooting. Nine people died and 20 were injured in one minute there, because he had a magazine that had 100 bullets in it. Mm-hmm. So it's not a matter of... of Let's just arm ourselves to the teeth and and uh, have a gun because it can happen so fast that even Too though late. he yeah even though he's gone doesn't matter there's, there's still nine people including his sister by the way which is sick are were mm-hmm. gone but in in any event so but that is that's unfortunately the society and the world which which we live in right now and I'm hoping that that through the work that you guys do with the victim support services. By the way, that number again is 888-288-9221. That the, perhaps we can work to get some some sanity back in in into our society. By the way, if somebody's got like I don't know oodles of money in their pocket and would like to donate to your uh, uh, nonprofit, how do they do that? Um, they can go to our website at victimsupportservices.org. O-R-G. And on the home page, there's a big red button that says donate, and they can do it that way. <laughs> we like to make it easy for people to find. Good. <laughs> because it's, it, And I the want to service... point out, too, Kevin, with the number you gave, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. With the number no, you gave the call, people can also text. So yeah, some people don't feel comfortable in making a phone call there are a lot of people who call us and they're like, who else is listening? Who do you have uh, to talk mm-hmm. to? You know, like, um, so it's, it's nice that there is that option in this day and age of technology. So that same number you can text also and an advocate will respond. 
And in the course of yeah. the work that you, in the course of the work that you do with clients, you then, um, if if the, as an example, the call comes in at three o'clock in the morning. Kristen, are you still on call at three o'clock this morning? Yes. Oh boy. I, you know, I just have to say, I am so glad that there are people like you two out there. I'm just, I'm just so glad. It makes my heart uh, uh, glad that that there are people like you to help people who need, who have the need, and it's just amazing. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, um, so if you're, if you get a call at three o'clock this morning. And then Mm -hmm. you have the ability to refer them to other agencies that they can call. Mm -hmm. Is that how that works? Because we get, we get calls not just from our local area. We get calls from statewide, from nationwide. So we have, um, especially in our state, in our local area, we have resources that we can refer them to. We've, we've been getting more and more national calls and that's when Google is our really good friend. But I think, um, you know, when you're in crisis, you don't know where to start, what to do, where to look. And uh, as advocates, we kind of have an idea where to begin. And we also don't have that emotional anxiety attachment, you know, along with not knowing what to do. So even if, like, I don't know where to refer someone to in maybe Atlanta, Georgia, I'll find something or I'll get pretty darn close. And, mm-hmm. and and get them in the right direction, even though we're physically located in a different state. So, and it's just even doing that much for somebody because they can't they can't think straight. I mean, it's if somebody is in the middle of a crisis, there has to be someone else that's that's thinking for them. They shouldn't have to do that. They need to take care of themselves emotionally. So it's you know it's nice to be able to call and and we can do that. That we can serve people. And head them in the right direction if we if we necessarily don't have an immediate answer for them. So if you are the victim of a crime and you really need to talk to somebody, these would be the folks to talk to. Um, and and for any reason, really, um, do you guys get a lot of domestic violence stuff as well? We do get a lot of domestic violence as well. Um, our agency, we do not work with victims of domestic violence just because there are other agencies that do. Um, but definitely we will take the call, help them, provide resources, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, and then we will refer to the local domestic violence agency where they're located. Oh, that's that's awesome. I really, you know, you guys do an amazing job at what you do and that's and you know Kristen works she's got two boys a husband a full-time job and she's an advocate when she's not doing that um first of all I'd like to, I'd like to compliment Rex on the fact that that he's not saying why are you doing this why are you in the closet at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> well he's I mean he's great after that call in particular you know he must have heard me take a deep sigh and he's like you okay everything okay you know, um, so he he knows my fa- my family knows when they hear my phone, my certain ringtone on my phone, <laughs> that they need to give me space and zip it. Parker knows not to come in here and bother me right now. You know, so um, it's time to give me the space and to, you know, let me handle it. <laughs> well, and but this is involves your whole family. 
It does in the sense that, yes, in the sense that, um, yeah, like, I mean, when, when I'm on call, you know, Parker knows mom mom's working or mom needs to be there for something. I need to be on 100%. I need to focus on this person that's calling because they're reaching out to me and I need to provide them help and support and reassurance and I need to give them my undivided attention and that's what I expect I would do and that's what people should expect from us that we are undivided listening to them with no distractions. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's what I would want if I called. I've been on the phone with people and I've been on the phone for over an hour. Just as Leslie said earlier, sometimes just listening and offering suggestions and you know, they might have called every agency that's there to help, but they just want to hear another point of view or another person who maybe has a suggestion or validate what they're feeling, you know, one way or another. You know, there are so many people that couldn't be bothered. What is it in specifically Kristen and Leslie's DNA that causes you to want to help the way that you do? What is it? What makes you different than a lot of other people? Why? And, and I'm not I'm not going to stick you on a pedestal and say you're special, but you are because you're doing this. <laughs> So, and because so many people don't, you know. So, what is it? What is it about you guys that makes you different to want to do this? Why do firefighters run into fires? Yeah, you got me. I yeah, and the you know police officers running in to face the gunman. Mm-hmm. I think, I think mm-hmm. it's a it's a passion for wanting to help people, and I know that Leslie and I both want to do that. I. It's hard sometimes being on the phone because I want to jump through the phone and be right there so I can look them in the face and maybe, right. you know, offer them a hug and sometimes and and be that strong person for them at the time. But it's it's really wanting to help. And as I said before, it's I want to give back to my community. I want to be a positive person in my community. And it's everything starts at home. And I want mm-hmm. to anyone that I come in contact with to know that that I can be that person, and then maybe it spreads. You know, maybe people see good, and then they want to be better. That's the hope. I love that. And I love that. That that is, that is awesome, ladies. Uh, I realize it's it's like seven thirty. You've got family time. You've got other stuff you want to do. I want to thank you for being on this. And, and Leslie, can I invite you? Kristen is stuck with me. So she's going to have to do this more. Um, but, no but, choice. No, she's stuck with me. But um, but Leslie, would you would you come on the podcast again and and talk more about about what you do and and uh, um, victim support services and and also a commentary on what's going on in our world? Can would you do that? Oh, of course, anytime. I'm stuck with Kristen, and since she's stuck with you, I think we're all stuck together. <laughs> Uh, you both are stuck with me. <laughs> so yeah, I don't got it wrong. So here, Kevin, um, pretty convincing. So yes, no, I, I would, I would love to anytime, of course. Well, the, I always the love goal, speaks on what we do. Well, and the overall, the goal is to number one, show people that there is another way, that there are positive people out there making, working to make a difference in our society, and not everything is as you see it on the news. And uh, and that there are people that you can call that can be that can have your back and support you. Again, that number 
If you need help, please call. That number is 888-288-9221. If my brother-in-law knew about this service and knew that there was somebody he could call, he may not have killed himself. And um, it's just it's just important work that you guys do. Kristen, is there anything that you'd like to add before we wrap this podcast up? Thank you, Leslie, for, oh, thank for being you. here and coming on because you are so knowledgeable and she is so fantastic, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin, for having me again, even though you are stuck with me. <laughs> we're stuck with each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all going to talk about that. <laughs> Leslie, is there anything you'd like to add? Is there anything in particular that you would like to tell our audience about anything? I just, yeah, I just want to add, you know, again, after this weekend and all the mass violence, um, it's just important to remember to pay attention to the helpers out there, not just Kristen or myself or other advocates, but all the helpers mm-hmm. out there. It's just important to remember that and focus on that. We hear about so so much negative and there's so much going on, um, but we have to try to remember the positive things too. And there's people out there that can support and help. And yes, that's what we're here for. So thank you again for Kristen and Kevin inviting me on. It's a privilege. Um, and I, I really do appreciate it, and I look forward to speaking on this more in the future with you all. I'm looking forward to that, too. Kristen, thank you so much. And I hope that you the calls that you get tonight, if you get them, will be positive and will be fun. Not, not bad so enough. So and with that, uh, we're going to wrap up this podcast. And, and just remember, everyone, forever trust in who you really are because nothing else matters. We'll see you next time on My Independence Report.
Nothing else matters.